Everybody have a nice Christmas, nice Hanukkah, nice New Year celebration. Everybody stay up to midnight last night. I'm going to guess just by the looks of it that there's a good chance that happened for most of us. Maybe you didn't choose to, but by default you had to because of all the noise going on outside. Well, undoubtedly there has already been a thousand things that has... uh, told you how your 2003 can be so much better. That's been the case for me, at least I've seen. See, the internet algorithms have been in hyper mode, it seems like, the past few days, trying to sell us all of the add-ons and the accessories for all the things that we purchased over the last month or so. Capitalism has been hurling uh, to throw its capitalizations on the fact that we have been in the spending mood lately. I've noticed that on the sidebar as you pull up the internet and in any fashion you're checking your email and all of a sudden like, oh, you purchased this, you need this in this color now, or you got this and you need the expansion pack. And um, shamefully, I admit that many times I fall for it. Like, yeah, I need that. I do need that in that color. You're right. We've gotten all these flooded emails coming into our inbox suggesting subscriptions and memberships that suggests that this new thing can make you better in this new year, new you idea. That's really how the whole system is set up, isn't it? The more and more stuff we take in, the happier and more satisfied we'll be. And I know I'm coming across a little bit as a cynic this morning, but I want this to be our annual reminder that more, most often, is less. At least that's what I've found to be true. As we turn another calendar year to 2023, we'll be confronted with this one question. What will you take on? What will you take on? For some, the question is physical. It may be related to your appearance or health in some way. What new diet will you start or what new workout regimen will you begin? And for some others, it'll be more mental, maybe emotional, What new hobby will you take on? Maybe what new plans will you lay for yourself? Is there a new job path that you need to create? But whatever it is, we know that there will be things that are going to be vying for our attention to suggest to us what will ultimately be satisfying in this new year. And I believe that Jesus wants to ask a different question of us this morning. Instead of what will we take on, I believe Jesus wants to invite us to consider what all will need to be stripped away. This passage that I want to read in just a moment is an account of how Jesus began his earthly ministry as announced by John the Baptist. So the words will be here on the screen. Why don't you read along with me as I read from Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. It says this, The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you you who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. So John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And the whole Judean region and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. 
Now John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the straps of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove upon him and a voice came from the heavens. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. That's from Mark chapter 1, the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Those words, repent and believe in the good news. If you're like me, I did not like the word repent. Maybe you have a similar background. It reminds me of the judgmental person standing on the street corner with his loud bullhorn barking with it, uh, to everyone that walks by what often sounded like bad news. See, the word, this word repentance has been used like a baseball bat to beat the sin out of people more than in the way that Jesus intends it here attached to the announcement of good news. And that's our clue for us. Jesus is bringing good news. Good news. It's the first words out of his mouth as a new prophet and a new minister on the scene. The call to repent is a beautiful, sacred invitation, not a form of condemnation or shame to use to jolt me out of my sin. You see, Jesus was issuing the invitation to experience his transformation as a gift, a gift, a good, healing, gentle, and powerful gift, and yes, one that can also be a corrective in the process. But Jesus knew that spiritual change would be hard, and this is probably why repentance shows up all throughout the Gospels over and over again. It suggests to us a certain disposition and attitude of the heart to remain open and pliable to the leading of God's Spirit. It asks of us to resist any hardening that might come with pride and instead to be formed by humility. But spiritual change does not come easy. Richard Rohr, in his book, Falling Upward, writes, Although Jesus' first preached message is change, where he told his listeners to repent, which literally means to change your mind, it did not strongly influence Christian history. This resistance to change is so common, in fact, that it is almost what we expect from religious people. Resistance to change. In this new year, 2023, the call to change is no less of a challenge to us. Physical change, emotional change, certainly, but spiritual change especially. Now, I realize that on New Year's Day, the last thing you want to hear is somebody to tell you to repent. I feel that. Even if we feel like some form of change is needed, it's that, that word alone that can be off-putting. But I believe that Jesus' invitation and the need to fix any shortcomings in your life 
is peripheral. It's secondary. The ridding of ourselves of sin is what naturally follows when we step into the invitation that Jesus is holding out to us. Sin being that thing that creates a boundary or a separation from us and God or us and one another. See, Jesus is inviting us here to turn inwardly, to discover a reality that is already there. This is why he called it good news. It's not potentially good news. It's not eventually good news. There is no gym membership required to access this or no yearly subscription, no 12-step program. It is good news because we already obtain it. We're being invited to turn again, to repent in order to see that we may continue, all that we may continue to forget, constantly needing to come back to it time and time again. Turning has long been a common theme in Christian theology, as in that old Quaker hymn, "'Tis the gift to be simple." Do you remember the words of this one, some of them? "'To turn, turn will be our delight, till by turning, turning we come round right.'" Interestingly, this hymn was also known as a dancing song in Quaker tradition, so that lines such as this one, this, these turning lines were instructional in the dance. And when each dancer or singer follows these movements suggested in the text, they end back up where they started. They come round right. See, turning for Jesus is the sacred act of becoming again and again who we already are. In this way, it's kind of like a dance. It's continually putting into practice this over and over, this dance-like movement until you eventually arrive back at your starting point, your authentic self, who you were created to be. In this passage of Scripture from Mark chapter 1, we're told that Jesus was baptized with water, and when he came out of the water, there was a pronouncement of blessing. You are my beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And in a similar fashion, Jesus wants to baptize everyone with the Holy Spirit, making a similar pronouncement of blessing that you are the beloved of God and that God is well pleased with you. For me, it's a different tune than the shameful one, the one ridden with guilt that we normally associate with the word repentance. You are the beloved of God who is very pleased with you. Turn again to remember the reality of that. That's repentance. In closing, I want to highlight how Jesus' invitation for transformation is not just an inward journey. It's also an invitation to participate in the becoming of the world. You see, when we remain open and pliable, we are candidates to be agents of change in our world. God helps us remember our true selves so that we can in turn be uh, used to transform the world into the way that God wants it to be, fully, thoroughly defined by love and justice. And depending on your background, this may not be easy for you to hear, but I believe that God cannot do this otherwise. God cannot accomplish creation without you and me. 
This is why our sacred scriptures are full of stories of God showing up, coming to people, extending invitations that they may join God in what is taking place. There is an intimacy in that. Can you see that? A God that stands far off, that necessarily needs distance, does not come to humankind to offer invitations. God can do it on God's own. But God comes to us and asks us to participate. It's a call to partnership. It's a beautiful, sacred dance. And this invitation is not just a nice gesture on God's part. It is the way that God accomplishes creation. This year, when we resist God's invitation and say no to God's Spirit in our heart, there can be far-reaching implications beyond us just hitting some personal speed bumps in the road. Creation itself will look less like the kingdom that God desires for it to be as we remain closed off and hardened and self-absorbed. That means the, the opposite is also true. Every yes to God that we make in 2023 will make our world look more like the loving and justice-oriented kingdom of God. We get to participate in that. We can, in this way, become collaborators with the infinite divine. To me, that is truly good news, and that's the invitation that's being extended to us. I love how the philosopher and mystic Eichert, uh, Meister Eckhart speaks of saying yes to God in language around the Christmas story and this incarnation of Jesus. He says these words, We are all meant to be mothers of God. What good is it to me if this eternal birth of the divine takes place unceasingly but does not take place within myself? And what good is it to me if Mary is full of grace if I am not also full of grace? What good is it to me for the Creator to be birth, uh, to give birth to His Son if I do not also give birth to Him in my time and in my culture? This, then, is the fullness of time when the Son of Man is begotten in us. I love that. In us. That's really the message of the incarnation. God showing up in our time and space in the person of Jesus, not so that once a year we can stand back and nostalgically remember an event that took place thousands of years ago. No, so that we can internalize that Jesus wants to be born again again in us every day because God desires to continually be birthed in our world. We are all meant to be mothers of God, Eckhart says. As we close this holiday season and turn to a new year, in what ways do we need to say yes to God? What is God needing to birth in you? What is God needing to birth in me? In what situations and in what spaces does God need to be enfleshed in order to show up in transformational power? I love how the civil rights uh, leader and poet Howard Thurman speaks of this invitation in, ter in terms of what comes next after Christmas. You probably know this poem. If you don't, this is one that you need to have on your radar, one of my favorites. It's the work of Christmas. It says this, 
when the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and the princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among brothers and sisters, and to make music in the heart. We know that Christmas is over, but the work of Christmas begins now. And these are action words, to find, to heal, to feed, to release, to rebuild, to bring, to make. There's nothing passive about being a follower of Jesus. There's always work to do. It starts by accepting once more this invitation that Jesus issues to us to turn again and remember who we already are, the beloved of God with whom God is very well pleased. And in that divine identity, we will find that when we say yes to God, that God will use us in the becoming of the world. And that, for me, is good news for us today. May we get to work. Amen. It's a fitting day to come to the Lord's table together. At the start of this new year, may this be a reminder of the power of community and the power of saying yes to God. Maybe this is the first yes we can make together as a community. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered some of his closest friends in a room, and he took a piece of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, saying, this is my body, which is for you, and do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, this is the cup in the new covenant of my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The bread of life the cup of love, gifts for all of us today. These symbols call us back to a rich reality that is already alive in each of us, in you and me, that we are loved, that we are cared for, and that we are the beloved of God. In a moment, these elements are going to go around as we sing this next song, and I invite you to take them on your own as you are ready. I do want to invite back up the worship team. As I do that, I also want to remind you, as has been our weekly practice, uh, that there's going to be a worship team at the, uh, I'm sorry, a prayer team at the back, not a worship team. That would be cool one day to have worship team at the front and back. <laughs> but today, uh, the prayer team will be at the back to accept you if you have a need for prayer um, on this January 1st New Year. But let's pause to a moment to pray together. God of love, God of justice, we repent on this first day of a new year and we turn again to discover what has been within us all along. Our identity is your beloved. Forgive us for the ways in which we just consume and consume and buy into the systems of this world thinking that that's where we'll find true satisfaction. Help us to remember instead to live with the stability of your promise, letting that be our foundation. Enable us, Lord, by your Spirit to say yes to you in this year, 2023. 
Use us to bring about your love and justice here on earth, to show us what that work looks like in our community so that we may join you in it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.